0: I'm Rob Bass with the Just Right Ranch in Palestine, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas, agriculture on Texas Ag Today.
1: Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State now here's the host of texas ag today
2: Carrie martin hello texas we are locked loaded and ready to roll with another edition of texas ag today why don't you jump on in with me and buckle up we're going to take a ride around the lone star state as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation Texas agriculture. In the news today, harvest is moving forward all across the state of Texas. We'll have a harvest progress update from the latest crop progress and condition report coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Carrie Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the trans pecos and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley.
3: If you're a Texas High Plains farmer, you can get a pretty good price for your corn right now. Hopefully that can compensate for what looks to be some lackluster yields. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today.
4: Proposed congressional legislation for a funding increase for USDA international marketing programs. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have a reaction from the U.S. Meat Export Federation on Texas Ag Today.
5: Fall in Texas is a perfect time to plant trees. Please join me, John Bagno as we talk about planting trees in Texas.
2: We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Farmers are making quick work of fall harvest here in Texas. Dry conditions making harvest move forward quickly this year. Looking at the latest Texas crop progress and condition report, it shows the rice harvest here in Texas. Pretty much done for all practical purposes. 96% of the rice crop now harvested. Sorghum, about the same thing. We are over the 90% mark with 91% of the Texas sorghum now out of the field. Corn crop, now 80% harvested statewide. And the cotton crop, just about a third done. We're at 31% harvested on the Texas cotton. That is well ahead of the 23% five-year average pace. Now, the condition of the Texas cotton crop, well, I sound like a broken record. Same thing we've been saying all summer long, very poor crop conditions here in Texas. And in fact, it's so bad here in Texas that it's weighing down the crop condition of the entire U.S. cotton crop, according to USDA's Brad Rippey. The cotton condition, we did see some movement there on the very poor-to-poor side of the equation, but that was not due to the hurricane. First of all, the good to excellent ratings for cotton, week ending October 2nd, 31%. No change from last week, but we did see a big jump in the very poor-to-poor ratings. 46% is the current number. Last week, 42%. The big jump came from Texas as we continue to accumulate damage from this summer's heat and drought. Currently now, 69% of the Texas cotton crop rated very poor-to-poor, very much on par with what we expect for the abandonment number for that crop. Our neighbors to the north, both Oklahoma and Kansas, also seeing poor ratings for their cotton crop. The poor to very poor ratings, well over 50 percent in both states. Texas Tech University is taking the lead in one of the largest projects ever funded by the United Sorghum Checkoff Program. The university received $1.6 million in a funding partnership with Texas A&M University, Kansas State University, USDA's Agricultural Research Service in Lubbock and Manhattan, Kansas, and other industry partners. The project has one of those long, academic-sounding titles. It's called Transforming Grain Sorghum's Climatic Yield Potential and Grain Quality Through Trait-Based Ideotype Breeding. Over the course of the project, the researchers hope to develop trait-based sorghum hybrids specifically targeted to thrive in water-deficient areas and in areas considered favorable for growing sorghum. It's scheduled to last five years and incorporate a number of students seeking both master's and doctoral degrees with the hope of helping to train the next generation of leaders in the sorghum industry. Texas High Plains corn farmers are wrapping up a tough year. But James Hunt says corn prices may help make up for some of this year's shortfall.
3: It's been a tough year for local corn farmers due to very unfavorable weather. David Gibson of Texas Corn Producers says production looks to be below average overall.
0: Some of the harvest yields on solids have come in right at average yields for us on the high plains and then some on the southern part of the high plains where water is more limited have come in a little bit lower than that just due to the extreme heat and drought that we had this year. Grain yields just really getting started into grain harvest and so far what I'm hearing is we're just barely hanging in at average uh, across the high plains so far. Southern high plains south of Amarillo going down towards Lubbock in that area, is probably uh, coming in a little less than average in the North Plains. Initial yields are, seem to be just kind of right on average. So, just one of those years that Mother Nature just didn't work with us.
3: On the bright side, for those ready to sell their corn, Gibson says Texas High Plains farmers have opportunities for a pretty strong basis. As local cash prices are running well above the futures.
0: A lot of times we'll be in that positive 50 cent basis range for December, maybe a little higher. And this year I've been hearing somewhere around a dollar, and even in some cases, quite a bit higher as they look at January and February and March deliveries.
3: Gibson also reminds farmers Friday is the deadline for comments on EPA's proposals regarding atrazine. Get more information about that on the Texas Corn Producers' website, texascorn.org. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio
2: Network. There may be more money available to increase international marketing programs for farm products. Tom Nicoletti has the story.
4: Bipartisan legislation recently introduced in Congress would increase annual funding for the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Market Access Program and Foreign Market Development Program. Both are key programs that bolster global demand for U.S. agricultural products. U.S. Meat Export Federation's President and Chief Executive Officer Dan Hallstrom explains.
6: These two programs really are a supplement to industry dollars that are invested each and every year in the U.S. exports These industry dollars, the beef, pork, corn, and soybean dollars, the producer investments are really complemented by the MAP and FMD programs. There's been many studies done across all of the cooperator groups that get funding from these programs. And for every dollar invested, there's a net return of $24.50. The U.S. beef and pork exports in 2022, we're forecasting them to be right around a $20 billion mark, which would be an all-time record. You can see why this investment is just so, so important to the U.S. industry to keep us competitive. These two programs have been critical tools to help build the red meat export demand over many, many years. And from our standpoint, this is really an important opportunity to add value long-term for red meat exports. USMEF and and all the government cooperators have been very appreciative of the support from Congress in general for these two programs. But the reality is that the base funding has been static. If you look at sequestration and inflation, et cetera, the real spending power has diminished over time. Thus, the reason to look at this seriously is an opportunity to get competitive in real dollar terms.
4: That is Dan Hallstrom with the U.S. Meat Export Federation. I'm Tom Nicoletti on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
2: Fall is the perfect time to plant trees here in Texas. San Angelo horticulturalist John Vegno has some tree planting advice.
5: Well, we have a lot of reasons to plant trees, and one of the major reasons we're looking at right now is that our trees all across Texas have gone through trauma, everything from extended droughts to sub-freezing temperatures two years in a row. We had hailstorms this spring. We've had all kinds of trauma that results in weakening trees and dying trees, and so populations are in somewhat of a decline in many areas of Texas. I get asked a lot of times, what is the life expectancy of a certain kind of tree? Well, it's not so much that those trees have a genetic Propensity to live to a certain date, but their longevity depends a lot upon how they survive their extended life. So these droughts, these freezes, these storms compromise their root system. They also break branches, cause rots to form, and then trees are declining and they just fall over dead or they have a gradual decline. And by the way, we're seeing a lot of people that are responding to the freeze damage last year and year before doing excellent pruning jobs now because you can determine what's alive and what's dead and what is going to recover if it ever does and are cleaning these trees up. But if you want to plant new trees, it's the best time in Texas to plant. And we want to plant varieties or species that are adapted to your location. So East Texas pines are not going to be planted in West Texas. So those are very simple things to remember and we know that. So looking around your area right now and see which ones are surviving and thriving is a very good way to start. We're always wanting to be fast. We want trees to grow so fast because we think we're not going to be around to see them. But remember, it's not so much the kind of tree as it is how it's taken care of after it's planted. The aftercare, the watering, the fertilizing. So choose a tree that is going to meet your maintenance program. If you have water, then choose one that will thrive in water and etc. And remember size. Don't always go for the largest tree. Some medium to smaller trees will outperform older trees in the long run. Reporting from San Angelo for Texas Ag Today, this is John Begno.
7: The archery-only fall turkey hunting season is underway. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have your fall turkey forecast coming up on Texas Ag Today.
2: And if a natural disaster affects your home or farm, it's going to be very tough on livestock. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
1: We're keeping you informed on
2: everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. If a natural disaster affects your farm, it's going to be very tough on livestock. Dr. Bob Judd has more. I talked about handling disasters
8: and pets on a previous program, and livestock are even more difficult to handle during a disaster due to their size, and most livestock, except horses, are not well-trained. Dr. Erin Gatz is a member of the Texas Veterinary Medical Association, and she indicates at TexVet Pets that just like small animals, make sure you have current medical records of vaccination and disease testing, like a Coggins test in horses. Have pictures of your horse and ideally have your horses microchipped. It would be expensive to have all of your livestock microchipped, but at least have ear tags on small ruminants and ear tags or brands on your cattle. Even a non-toxic paint can be used on cows for short-term identification. Have a set evacuation route as part of a written evacuation plan, and usually the local police department will determine the best routes. Determine the best area with the highest ground and preferable shelter to pasture livestock in case of a flood. You may be able to evacuate some of the livestock depending on the amount of time you have and the number of livestock involved. And as far as transportation, it is important to make sure your trailer and trucks used to haul livestock are in good shape. Make sure you have good tires on the vehicles and make sure to clean out the trailer in case you are using it as a storage area, as time is of the essence in an emergency. Many times, owners have needed to haul a horse into our practice, and the owner indicates the trailer is full of other material or has flat tires. Make sure to have at least three days of feed and water available, and find a place you can take your horses and other livestock in a disaster. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
2: Archery-only fall turkey season is now underway. Jessica Dome takes a look at the fall turkey forecast in today's wildlife report.
7: The archery-only fall turkey hunting season officially opened last weekend. Jason Harden, Wild Turkey Program Leader for the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, joins us for this year's turkey hunting forecast.
4: The fall turkey season should be on average or on par to a lot of the past years. Uh, We didn't get a lot of production this past summer just due to the heat and the drought. We didn't get any that we'd hoped to, but we had really good carryover on our juvenile and adult hens. So there are going to be a lot of birds out there in that two-year-old age range, which makes for great hunting. So I do expect it to be at least an average season across most of the Rio Grande wild turkey range in Texas.
7: Arden said some of the areas where around 15 and 16 we saw turkeys expanding into new locations, those birds have likely moved out and may have moved back to their primary roosting locations along major creeks and rivers throughout the Rio Grande turkey range. So
4: if you have access to a creek bottom with big tall trees or a river bottom, that's where a lot of those turkeys are going to be and that's where you should concentrate your efforts.
7: Hardin says those who hunt in the eastern Rolling Plains from Canadian South to Paducah may see fewer turkeys this year. As for the most part, the birds seem not to be rebounding as quickly as we would like to see.
4: So a turkey roost that may have at one time had 300 birds on it, today it has probably 75 birds on it. So still a lot of birds in that landscape.
7: He said hunters just may not see the numbers that they're used to seeing. Again, that is for the Eastern Rolling Plains. The archery-only fall Rio Grande turkey hunting season is open now through November 4th. The general season opens November 5th. Be sure to check your outdoor annual for more. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Duhlmul. It's time for a look at the
2: markets. Jessica will be back with a complete look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today.
4: Before you go out this summer, Texas A&M Forest Service wants you to keep these extreme heat safety tips in mind. Stay hydrated. Check with local county and city officials for burn bans and fire restrictions. Always have some water readily available if you light a fire or are working with equipment. Make sure your equipment is maintained and clean. Keep water with your equipment and have a plan. With these dry and hot conditions, one spark can lead to a large wildfire. For more information, visit tfsweb.tamu.edu.
1: We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today.
7: Both live and fed cattle traded higher on Wednesday, supported by strong consumer demand. October live cattle up 47 cents to 144.67, December live cattle up 42 cents to 147.92, October feeder cattle up $1.90 to 176.55, November feeder cattle up $2.12 to 177.32. Boxed beef was lower Wednesday, choice down 54 cents to $247.50. Select down a dollar eighty four to two hundred and twenty dollars and seven cents. Now let's take a look at those livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble.
9: Joshua Garcia is the new owner at Carnes City Auction LLC. Joshua, how was your first sale?
10: It turned out to be really good. We ended up with about 346 head of cattle and about 124 sheep and goat.
9: Let's walk the pins.
10: Number one Packer cows, 74 to 81. Number two kind of cows, 50 to 70. Our Packer bulls, 90 to 99. I had some good stalker cows right in the mix. I had some Brahmin cows and some good bred up tiger striped cows, younger. Uh, Bread cows, 875 to 1200 steers. Two to three weights, 165 to $2. Three to four weights, 175 to Two dollars four to five weights, dollar seventy to two hundred five. Five to six weights, one fifty four to one eighty. Six to seven weights, one forty eight to a dollar sixty. Seven hundred plus one forty five to one fifty three. The heifer mates, we start off with the two to three hundred pounders, dollar thirty to one seventy five. Three to four, a dollar fifty three to one eighty three. Four to five, one forty eight to one sixty three. Five to six hundred pounders, one forty six to one eighty six eighty. Six to seven hundred pounders, one forty eight to a dollar fifty nine. Seven hundred plus pound heifers, 128 one twenty eight to a dollar forty.
9: Sounds like you had a good sale. What do you know of for this next week?
10: Uh, I know I got about 50 good steer, supposed to be all steer, a few bulls mixed in, uh, and then about 20 cows. So about 70 head coming so far that I know of. I know some other customers this past week saw how good the market was and kind of for what things have been and said they were going to probably start shipping here this next second, third week of October. I uh, want to remind everybody, our ninth annual Long Live Cowboys fall replacement female sale will be October the 22nd, 2022.
9: Joshua Garcia, the new owner at Carnes City Auction, LLC. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you, Joshua.
10: You can reach us here at the, uh, with the office phone at 830-780-3382 or you can
9: catch me on my mobile 361-649-4578. I'm Larry Marble, walking the pins, Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Good day.
7: Lean hogs were higher on Wednesday after closing sharply lower on Tuesday. October lean hogs up $3.80 to $90.80. December lean hogs up $2.07 to $76.50. October class three milk was down fourteen cents to twenty two twelve a weight. November class three milk down a nickel to twenty one seventy five a hundred weight. Cotton hit limit up in Tuesday's session, but it opened sharply lower on Wednesday. December cotton down 497 points to 83.23. March cotton down 445 points to 81.74. December 2023 cotton down 252 points to 74.71. Corn traded higher on Wednesday, but was limited by a stronger dollar and harvest pressure. December corn up 1 to 684. March corn up 1 and a quarter to 691 and a quarter. December hard red wheat was up 1 and a half to 990 and a quarter. March hard red wheat up 2 to 986 and three quarters. July hard red wheat up 5 and three quarters to 965 and a half. November soybeans fell 13 and three quarters Wednesday to 1369 and three quarters. November 2023 soybeans were down eight and a half to 1353 and a quarter. November natural gas rose nine cents Wednesday to 693. December natural gas up five cents to 723. Crude oil rose on Wednesday after OPEC Plus agreed to cut oil output by two million barrels a day. According to Reuters, Saudi Arabia said it is necessary to respond to rising interest rates in the West and a weaker global economy. November crude oil up $1.22 to $87.74 a barrel. December crude oil up $1.32 to $86.82 a barrel. The Dow up 53 points to 30,369. The S&P 500 up 3 to 3,794. The NASDAQ fell 9 to 11,167. Well, that wraps up our look at the markets. And that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. Be sure to join us next time for the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Duhlmel. I hope to see you then.
1: Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts.